So, do you think that you'll see a lot of a lot more players doing this, requesting trades from teams that they're unhappy with because they want to go and play with specific guys? Um, and do you think there will be a response from the league? Uh, as we know, the CBA is coming up soon. So, how do you think the owners will respond? They don't want to, especially small market teams. They don't want to lose these big name players for nothing. Yeah. So, how do you think they respond? I think the the most difficult part is for the small market team, because what we're seeing is that. Players are pairing up in uh, in generally larger markets, and and there's only so many top tier guys. So what that means is there's really not enough superstars for every team in all of these small markets. And if the other trade partners are not willing to offer these kind of really generous, uh, you know, uh, series of draft picks, I think some of the owners might say no to some of these trades and say, look, we're never going to sign a free agent here in Oklahoma City. And so if we drafted a superstar, um, I'm not giving away for for anything. And if he requests a trade, um, my first move is to try to say, give us some time. Um, Because the last thing the league wants is contraction. And all of the owners are kind of in it together on that. Uh, Contraction decreases basketball revenues. It decreases jobs for the players. I mean, I think everybody's in agreement on that from a financial standpoint. Um, but th- this is really, a, a, it could lead to a no-win situation for the small market teams where you're sort of forced to relocate. And I think, I think that's ultimately what happens here. The, the teams that lose um, actually become very attractive to, to a buyer, right? Because they're not burdened with long-term salary uh, commitments and they have these boatloads of, of future picks so Assistant it's very money. easy to sell a new fan base on the future uh, hey look we've got more assets than everybody else we've got super cap flexibility so I, I think what ends up happening is that the, the teams that have lost out in this player empowerment era might be the ones that move we know Seattle wants a team back we know Vegas is in there uh, trying to get a team, and who knows? Maybe one of these larger markets can still even have uh, room for another team. So I think that's kind of the 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 near term to intermediate term uh, shift here, because it's going to be really hard for these small market teams to attract one free agent and say this is our guy, because it seems like players want to play with other players, and there's 30 teams. And there aren't 30 superstars. And so if two of them are going to play together or three of them are going to play together, you got a lot of teams on the outside looking in. My, my take on it is that the teams get off the hook with things like this where we see players requesting trades because you have to look at these situations. When you look at Anthony Davis in New Orleans, he was never really surrounded with the help that he needed. And then the one year that they actually had it, the next offseason, they let go of Rondo, and they let go of DeMarcus Cousins. So to yeah. watch players like that on your team go to different situations, when they were on your team, you succeeded, and now you're seeing that ownership is not willing to take the chance to make us better. I think that's the response that the players have to these teams because superstars, they want to win more than anything. So a lot of times, these GMs get off the hook for making bad trades to lose assets in the first place and not drafting the right players. Because if you think about if some of these draft picks panned out to be great players, you wouldn't see superstars saying, okay, well, I'm going to leave my team if I have players who can help me. Right. If teams 
scout better with these draft picks and bring players into the right situations and have the right system for them to thrive, then I don't think you would see this player movement as much. I know players do want to play with each other and players do want to win, but when you build a winner organically, it just feels better. Look at Golden State. Although they did recruit Kevin Durant to come in, a lot of their players... They did a good thing going well before that. So, and exactly. So, I think that's the model that these teams need to have. And, and Sam Presti, I think, is ahead of the curve on that because he saw before we drafted in three consecutive drafts, we got Westbrook, Harden, Durant. Not in that order, but those are the three players that we got in the mm-hmm. draft having early picks. We take these assets. We can jumpstart our rebuild and in about four or five years. We'll be competitive again and we'll be a a viable destination for teams. And I think that the problem with a lot of these teams are they're willing to meddle in mediocrity. They're willing to say, okay, well, we'll take this playoff berth, this first-round series, get the revenue from it, and sell our fan base on the fact that we can possibly progress. But sometimes I think you have to tear it all the way down and build it back up. Look at Brooklyn. That's exactly what they did. They shot for the moon. It didn't work. Exactly. When they tried to get a big three up there, it didn't work. It blew up in their face. So what did they do? They blew up the whole situation. They rebuilt. And then now, no one is even thinking about Paul Pierce and right. Kevin Garnett being traded to the Nets. You're not looking at Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So if that's the, the situation that you have to go from in order to come out of it and be better, I think that you have to go through it. And it's up to these GMs and to these teams to surround their players with the help that they want. Because I don't think any player is going to leave a great situation just to say, oh, okay, well, I want to go and play with this player. If New Orleans was actually a better team, because they swept Portland in the first round, and then if the next year, if they were to continue to build off that success, I don't think you hear a peep out of Anthony Davis, although yeah. his heart may have said, I want to play in L.A. He might have left, not this season, he probably would have left after this season coming up. He had one more year in New Orleans. And look at the possible situation that you could have if these teams play it right, but it's missteps that lead up to these things that teams, I guess, they kind of they, they take a pass from, and I think it's the in a lot of cases it's the wrong ownership, right? If you look at um, Oklahoma City with the prior series of trades, the the Harden trade uh, uh, is a perfect example of the team not wanting to commit money to all these players. Four million dollars was the difference, right? So and so you you have this great crazy. organic drafting story of a small market team. I mean, they were the perfect example of what you would hope a small market team could could be able to do. And when it comes to these guys coming off the rookie contracts, it's like, hey, now everybody has to get paid. That's where they kind of balk and say, well, uh, we're going to have to choose among some of these guys, and Jeff Green's got to go, and Harden's got to go, and so we're going to pick Durant, Westbrook, and Ibaka. And that's how we're going to roll with this. And I think the, the, the outcome of this is you're not going to have those kinds of ownerships. Those kinds of ownerships will not be in the position to make the competitive decisions to build real teams. Uh, and, and, and Oklahoma City essentially just did it again, right? They committed to Paul George last year, um, and, and as soon as uh, uh, the opportunity uh, arose, and, and you know, it, it, you, you, were, you were saying this earlier before, before we were on air, um, that Presti's a smart GM who's going to make a move early. Well, they were going to have to do something to get out of the luxury tax situation at some point. Exactly. That situation presented itself very timely for them. But uh, uh, you know, six months from now, a year from now, two years from now, they were going to have to do something about these uh, these large contracts because ownership was not willing to dip into the luxury tax. So I think, yeah, I think the the outcome of this 
is that your chintzier owners are going to be on the way out. And whether that means the team stays in that city with new ownership or the team moves to a new city with new ownership, I think you're really creating competition among the owners to say, hey, this is a big boys game. Are you going to spend? Because that's what's necessary to win. And, um, you know, if you're not, you're you're not going to be able to, you know, amass the kind of talent that's necessary. You're not going to be able to compete in today's NBA.